Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Would you have scored, Neil? Yes. Jesse? Yeah. Danny? Yeah. Andy Williams? Andy? And, and, oh, never mind. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! No! Yeah! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. This is the only podcast about Northampton Town Football Club. Probably a good thing at the moment, right? And if you're new to the show, we release a new episode every single week. You can listen to all our episodes via our website, cobblerstome.com, and on all podcast platforms from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and more. I'm Charles, and joining me on today's show are grumpy, angry, and fed up. Danny, Chessie, and Neil, you can decide who is who. Uh, how are you guys? You okay? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, all good, all good. Good to be back, Charles. I'm excited. Average. Yeah, average. average. <laughs> thought you might be. Well, with the Swindon game taking place on Tuesday night, we thought we'd release two podcasts this week. So coming up on today's show, we get moody about Macclesfield, stress over top of the table Swindon, and dip into the post bag to get your thoughts on the Cobblers' start to the season. But before we get into all of that, though, it's time to welcome back a familiar voice to the podcast. Truth be told, we've missed his anecdotes about bamboo kits, avocado sandwiches, and craft beer. So welcome back, Mr. Danny Brothers, and congratulations to you and Martha on the birth of your daughter, Sammy Hoskins Brothers. Thanks, Charles. Um, we didn't actually name her after Sammy Hoskins in the end, because um, it turns what? out... Well, it turns out she, um, when she shits, she actually hits the target, so um, <laughs> we, uh, we didn't go down that route in the end. But <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I've, Lovely. Uh, I've enjoyed the sense that Chessie's brought to the podcast and um, I felt a bit pushed out. So good to be back. Thanks for uh, bringing me on. You've got to be careful, Danny. You don't want, do. to, you don't want to let your form dip, otherwise you'll be off for good. <laughs> Sending you to Hi, Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we went into the game against Macclesfield full of hope and expectation and came away with absolutely nothing. Danny and Neil, you were both at the game, so it seems obvious to start by asking you guys, what went wrong? Uh, what went Keith, right? Keith Curl went wrong. Straight in there, Neil. Like oh, yeah. it. Go. He did. He Keith Cole is off his head and making some ridiculous decisions. Uh, look, you're starting a game against Macclesfield. We had three centre backs for starters, and we had up front we had Harry Smith and Sam Hoskins. I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. Sorry, Danny. I know it's your first day back, but 
Oh, you're absolutely right, Neil. So <laughs> I don't know. What, I've got a lot. We've, we've all got a lot more we can add to it. I think, haven't we? It was it was pretty dismal again, and we're saying the same things. I think we're just just going back to the same old thing again, aren't we? We start off reasonably well. We get some sort of groove into the game, and we create something possibly, maybe, and then they go at the other end and score, and it's this exactly the same story all over again. And we can almost see it coming, can't you? And it's. And you're right about Curl. I think you're. I think for the first time, I've started to question him. Um, my question started, I think, at the start of the game, and it ended at the end of the game. Um, I was. I'm all for kind of giving managers time, um, <laughs> but he's started to come to the point now where I think all of us are a bit like, where do we actually go from here, and what what can he actually do to turn this around? Because he doesn't seem like he wants to change anything. He doesn't seem to he seems to be putting it all on the players, doesn't he? So. I'm, I'm starting to turn, Neil. I'm starting to turn. Good. It, it, we should turn. Like, and there's an age-old argument, isn't there? And, and we're guilty of having a high turnover of managers. And at some point, you do need to stick and and try and stick with someone. But it's got to be the right person that you stick with. And in my opinion, he's not addressed the two key issues that we've had probably for two or three years now. One of those, which is a half-decent striker. Um, which he potentially has one on the bench in Andy Williams, but barring his, his miss, which I know we'll come on to. But, um, and also another winger. Yeah, he's addressed it with Nicky Adams. But we were saying, weren't we, on our, on our WhatsApp group after the game, the tactics are so obvious. Get it to Nicky mm-hmm. Adams and hope that he can, and, he can cross and it and get on that. the end of it. And yeah, Keith he said Gurley, that. He's, he, he literally that. has given every yeah. single team yeah. in the league our game plan. And I also said as well on the feed when we were talking yeah. after the game, God forbid, what happens if he gets injured? What are we going to do? Exactly. Yeah, he, said, he said exactly that. And you could tell by the end of the game, Adams was just knackered because they just kept playing the ball out to him. And that was literally plan A. We didn't have a plan B at all. There's there's nothing else that we were doing apart from getting it to Adams, crossing it to to hopeful to Smith, who just had a bit of a mare. I, I just, I'm not sold on him yet and didn't do anything at all, I don't think. Um, do you think he tried too hard playing he, his... When I say try, who tried too hard? No, we did. We did. We all tried too hard to support them. I I, I tried too hard to stay awake. (laughs) You know how sometimes though they can you can be you're you're playing the 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 team that you've just left to sign for another team. You really want to show your your previous employees what they're missing, and you obviously want to get a goal against them. So you basically go out there and you're all pumped up and and maybe just got to the point where he was so pumped up for this game that he he ended up being completely ineffectual. No, but but the thing is, the thing is with that though, he's a professional footballer. Like that's his job. Debatable. Well, but the thing is, he, when you are a professional footballer, from my point of view, you're supposed to respond under that kind of pressure. You're supposed to respond under that kind of um, glare from your old team. That's that's what drives you. That, that you don't crumble under that. If you crumble under that, you're playing in the wrong league. Yeah, I wish he'd, I wish he was more fired up. In, in a lot of ways, it just he didn't look fired up. He didn't look. He didn't look like I thought he would. I thought. You know, I thought he'd be in there first goal scorer. Um, really going for it. Really, like our talisman against them knew knew what they're all about. But he just, and if he was playing against us as a as a former player, he'd be straight in there. <laughs> he'd probably just have scored a hat trick. But he just didn't. Nothing worked for him. He didn't just. He didn't get involved. And to say that, Vidane Oliver came off the bench and made made himself look good. 
says a lot about Smith's performance, I thought. I don't think Smith's very good. I think that's the problem. I don't think he's a very good footballer. I don't think he's not the sort of guy. Like We did get quite a few crosses in. I mean, half the time when we got those crosses in, we only had one or two men in the box. There was no one getting in the box from the midfield, um, which is a problem in itself because you're instantly outnumbered if, you've, if, if they've got three or four defenders in the box and we've just got Harry Smith in there and Sam Hoskins pottering around looking at a butterfly or something instead of watching the game. <laughs> then it's like, it, it just... It, it, it just doesn't, it didn't work at all. And uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what sort of player Harry Smith is because he doesn't win much in the air, surprisingly, considering he's about seven foot. He doesn't, he doesn't he, jump. He, he doesn't, doesn't jump. jump. Yeah, he doesn't jump, but he doesn't win hardly anything. He, he's not an out and out goal scorer. He's not the sort of person that's busting a gut to get ahead, ahead of the defender and beat the defender for a cross and nick a goal. I don't really know. But apart from being a giant, I don't really know what he offers at the moment. And Danny's absolutely right. But Dane Oliver came on. And when, remember when we signed him in the summer, I mean, we were like, what are we doing signing him? He, he looked five times the player that Harry Smith was in that 45 minutes in the second half. He, he, he created stuff. And that may well have been that when Andy Williams came on, he had a striker up front with him who knew how to play as a striker. And made some good runs and knew how to latch onto a flick on, etc., etc. Sam Hoskins doesn't know how to do that. A couple of good chances as well for Andy Williams. I and mean, we'll come up onto the obvious one in a second. But he, he also had a pretty decent effort on, I think it was the half volley coming from a free kick that maybe Charlie Good or, or Scott Wharton hit from, the, uh, for, from our own half. Could have buried that one as well, couldn't he? Good save by the keeper. Yeah, he had a... He had a he, I thought he looked... And he's, he's our best striker. I don't understand why, and this 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 is my point about Keith Curl and, and how he's going so far wrong, is that he was reliant. He, you know, he's pretty much bombed out Junior Marias and made him train with the kids and said he's available for transfer and stuff. Has he done that though? Train with the kids? Are you right in saying that? I know he played that one game, didn't he? That was was it the Monsoor Cup? That I oh know that was Billy Waters, but he, he did play a youth team game. Yeah, maybe not summer, train with the kids, but I mean, he didn't go to Spain, and he, you know, he was clearly mm. not in his plans, and he was, and, and and now he's having to eat his words a little bit, and and like he threw him on 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 Saturday against Macclesfield, and I actually thought when he came on, he looked good. I thought he. He was tearing around as much as he can tear around, and he, he clearly cared. Even when we scored, he was one of the ones that was running to get the ball back and 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 you know get it back on the centre circle so he can go again and stuff. And I just think it's a bit, it, it's incompetent management is what it is. I think the squad as well as has been to a certain extent thrown together. I don't think I, I remember when I first came on the podcast in when we did the round table, um, I was saying how we could build that squad around Nicky Adams. We haven't done that. We, we haven't put a squad together that works together. We've put a squad together with loads of different qualities that are mismatched. So they don't, mm-hmm. they don't know their roles. They don't know their responsibilities. And he says things like that all the time. But they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea who's supposed to be where and, and what they're supposed to be doing while they're on the pitch. So we're all stood there thinking, well, we've bought all these players what are they supposed to do? Because they don't know. That's his yeah, job. Just, That's his job. Yeah. Exactly. He, exactly. Manager. Exactly. And but he's, he's obviously long, he's not recruited. Right? As well. He's had he's had most of the summer to do it. He recruited a lot early, didn't he? And he's had, yeah. he's had the, the time to work. But with he blames players. the players as well. Together last week. 
and that's the thing. I think when you when you when you start blaming the players, and you start you start calling them out, and you, you start saying so and so knew what he was jobbing. Last week against Port Vale, didn't he? he said so and so knew. He, I'm not going to name him, but yeah, um, he knew what he was doing. He it was, Harry, it was Harry Smith. The other day, he said it was Harry Smith. Yeah, um, and at the weekend, he's, he's starting saying the players aren't listening to what he's saying. Well, who who's actual? <laughs> Who's actually? Yeah, whose fault is that? When yeah. you start doing that, when you start doing that, you, you do start to worry about has he actually gotten? Is, is his ideas going through to him? And it's clearly not at the minute. And also the thing that worries well, me, like oh like you guys have said, sorry, Chester, like you guys have said there, you know, he, he did kind of bomb out Waters, Marias, Andy Williams to an extent over the summer. Um, I mean, the big rumor was that Andy Williams was going to go to Salford. That that that's been a rumor since January, I think. Uh, in fairness, well, you signed him now after that miss. <laughs> aren't they? No, well, no. Um, but I mean, you can't. Uh, I was going to say you can't blame him for missing. You clearly can because it's dreadful. But you know, he, he's not being instilled with confidence by his manager. His man, it's clear that his manager isn't going to be turning around and going, "I know you can go out there and you can get fifteen goals a season," which is what he can do. He is a player that has been able to do that in what four out of five of his last. Uh, five seasons in the Football League, he's managed to get 15 goals. So mm. why is it that, you know, it's no wonder that he gets left out on the sidelines, put on the bench every week, doesn't even make it on against Port Vale last week, you know, and and then he goes and misses a sitter like that. His confidence is going to be so low, it's, and it's also, ridiculous. Also as well, he's not getting the service because the players around him aren't performing. So, yes, he's capable of scoring 15 goals. He's never going to do it with that squad because it's just not good enough. So, he's one, he's going to be really lacking confidence. And two, he's not going to get the service to get the goals that he needs to get that confidence. So, you're literally stuck in a massive rut every time. Mm. I do think if he had scored that, that easy chance that he missed would have gone on to win the game, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Me too. It did seem very much like it was a turning point, wasn't it? It was almost as if at that moment, the whole team just went, oh, bum. <laughs> I think we saw a few more things than that, Johnson. <laughs> oh, uh, I think, to me, if it goes in, we'd, we'd probably have needed about 6,000 trees to make the paper to, to paper over all the cracks we would have needed to. Cause it, just would have, it would have just been a... It, we would have been happy, would have come away, but I still think we would have looked back and thinking we're, there's actually something quite wrong still here because as, as I said at the start of the game didn't I that we had about four or five strikers on the bench that we were a joke saying we're going to end up as a 3-2-5 and we probably did at the end of the game and we just it's not a tactic to throw everyone on and hope for the best and see what sticks because that's what we've been doing the, the other time thing and time that, again to try and catch up with games isn't it the other thing that I thought was quite noticeable and this was before the match even kicked off was the fact that Chris Lyons was evidently dropped from the starting lineup now Against Walsall, we thought he was pretty much out of the game because the midfield was just bypassed constantly. Against Port Vale, he had a little bit of a better time, I thought. Um, he got on the ball a bit more, did um, try to dictate the play a little bit. But then then to be just left out of the team altogether again, I thought that was really harsh. But it was clear that, from, from what I thought of it anyway, that Kerr wanted to get Sean McWilliams in the side um to offer that that little bit of bite maybe in midfield while McCormack's out um but he also wanted to keep Ryan Watson in after the fact that he'd scored last week against Port Vale I mean it it, it almost says to me like he's gone I can't 
you know, the I, I've basically got right. I've got um, McCormack, Alan McCormack, or Sean McWilliams to play in that sort of holding midfield role, and then I've got Ryan Watson or Chris Lines to play in the other central midfield spot, the creative role, if you like. Um, Ryan Watson's is scored, so I can't drop him. I mustn't drop him. So I'll then go and drop who should be the most creative player on the pitch for us. It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, do we... I mean, this is probably harsh on Macclesfield and a bit of disrespect to them, but do we need to play, like Neil said, do we need to play three at the back? Do we need to actually play a holding midfielder against Macclesfield at home? We shouldn't have I'd argue no. Can we, just, can we just approach it a different way? and just We go, shouldn't do that at all just, at home at all, I don't no. think. I think we just play four four two. We got you boring, basic. aren't you? I thought you meant yeah. to be hipster. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> four one two one Christmas tree <laughs> orangutan formation. Um, but yeah, I, just, I feel like we just if we keep we keep it simple, we play a couple of people on the wing. Place put somebody on the left wing. I don't care who it is. We'd we'd be all right. Even Hoskins stick in there, um, and play Williams and Marais up front and play the people that but it's not going to and it's it frustrates me it's really the Williams and Marais thing really really gets on my nerves because he's got two players there that will score goals um Williams has been nothing but professional whenever he comes on the pitch he looks to actually be a footballer and he knows what he's doing he knows where he's moving his movement his execution wasn't great on Saturday obviously but I think that was a bit of a one-off um and I just, I just think there's so many decisions that he's just making that are baffling still and I've given him the, the benefit of doubt until now, but it's just, it really starts to be on the turn now, I think. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it, last season was a free hit for him because mm-hmm. the, the claim of, it's not my team, it's not my players, the players aren't capable, they can't do what I'm asking them to do, so they can't even do the basics, etc., etc. Well, it is his team now, and the mm-hmm. same problems remain. So Wait, they couldn't do the basics no, last year, which could. is fair enough, but yeah. We've got we've got to look. It's got to we've got to look deeper at this situation as well because I, I honestly do believe there's a huge problem with recruitment at our club because if for the last four years we have sacked our manager or we've had a really poor start and then gone on to sack our manager, there is a serious problem. Like since Wilder left this club, we have not retained a manager past the first two three months of the season. And it just is glaringly obvious that there is a problem. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And to be fair, we'll, we'll come on a little bit more. We'll leave it there for now, but we'll we'll end up talking about this more because in a moment we're going to get your views in uh, the Cobbler's postbag as well. Um, so, so is that Neil's postbag? Sorry, Charles. No, no, no. We don't do that anymore. Sorry. <laughs> it's James. It's James. You've been That's away, Danny. Another ridiculous decision. Yeah. You like Keith Curl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charles Curl. <laughs> I'm Alan Neil and it's all cobblers to me. It's all cobblers to me is completely free and available through all podcast providers. Without you, our listeners, we wouldn't be here though. So please spread the word about the podcast by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter and sharing our episodes with your fellow cobblers fans. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes too. Just search It's All Cobblers to Me, click five stars and then write your review. We'll also accept beer, uh, but a sharing of you will still make us happy. Now it's time to get back to the misery. I'm Chris Hargreaves, and it's all cobblers to me. Every week, we ask you, the listeners, a question on Twitter and Facebook. You can join in by following us on Twitter at cobblers to me and hashtag cobblers postbag. This weekend, we asked for your reactions to the Macclesfield defeat, and you did not disappoint. 
off we got first, Charles. Well, there's absolutely loads to get through, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Uh, so we're probably not going to have time for all of them. Um, but we'll start off with... Um, well, we'll start off with this one, actually, from Simon Turner, who says, probably unpopular, but I don't see how changing the manager will help. We've been doing this since 2017, and it has gotten us nowhere. However, coming week is vital, and four points minimum required to restore the trust that KC is right fit for the club, and this squad has what it takes. It's kind of what you guys were saying just before the break, really, isn't it? Yeah, but I also do think that... Um with this thing about we need to stick with curl, then that's absolutely fine. But I don't think it's the fact that we're losing that is the problem. It's the fact, it's the manner that we're losing. So I think that's why we're all so concerned. And while, you know, people are turning against curl already, it's not the fact we're losing and we're only three games in. It's the manner in which we're doing it, which is alarming, which is why I think people are saying we need to sack him. Well, Rightly or wrongly, that is a concern that, that people have got because it's not good enough. It's probably a bit early to sack him. Of course um, it is. Of course it is. Despite my thoughts. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not his biggest fan at the moment. But I, he just says some stuff as well, doesn't he? That you just think, well, that's, that's a bit odd. Like, What did he say the other day? I'm sure he said... Um, well, once we get a win, we'll probably get a few wins in a row and go on a little run and stuff. I mean, you don't know that, and you should be... It's almost like you're just waiting to get a, nick a win or something, and then, oh, well, we'll probably go on a run. Like, I, 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 it's, like, uh, it's like Dean Austin's old thing about we're going to hammer someone, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I can't remember whether, whether it was him or, or someone someone linked to the club said, oh, you know, it's a, quite a forgiving league, League 2, and you can you can it's lose not, around 15 games. It's not a forgiving league. That's a ridiculous statement, whoever made that. It's just, <laughs> it's just the defeatist attitude, you know, oh, you can still lose a fair few games and get promoted. Yeah, maybe that's the case, but it doesn't mean we're happy with that or want to do that. <laughs> doesn't mean we want to lose them all in August either, does it? No. <laughs> lose the first 15. And then, <laughs> and then just go on a massive we'll winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. It's just... It's just it's just been like this for the last three years or however long it's been now, hasn't it? And it's, I'd say it's boring. It is boring and it's so predictable what's going to happen. It's like you said, Danny, like we knew what was going to happen. We'll have a bit of possession. We'll play well against Macclesfield for a bit. And we didn't even play that well, but we were the better team. They'll go at the other end, one chance and they'll score. And then yeah. Yeah, it's just so predictable. It's just happened so many times. I think um, Cole's probably going to suffer from that last three years as well, isn't he? Because we've, everyone's just been through the mill these lot since you know post wilder things that the, the style of football we've been playing and stuff i think Cole's probably not going to benefit from that because we have if we would have had like a a great run of success before we come in he'd probably be getting a bit more time just because we'd be all be a bit more patient but because we've been through this over and over again and time and time again we just drained and is it's gonna t- it's gonna take a lot to turn it around. Is um is this what it was like back in the late eighties, early nineties? You know, after we'd won the league under You're Graham Carr. Well, no, no, no. I'm not asking you any of us, obviously. Asking. But I'm I'm wondering. You know, we won the league. Was it eighty seven? We won the league, uh, Division Four, with Graham Carr's side. We went up. Um, pretty much the same thing happened. We lost all our decent players. Lost, you know, eventually lost our manager, and you know, it went all the way back down again uh, with a bit of a whimper. I mean, the, it, it then took us what was it until ninety seven, wasn't it? The next time we got promoted after that. I mean, do, do you think that's just going to be the cycle? We've now got to spend the next like five, six years um, 
without without a ground. We'll then get a new ground and then we'll start to play well again and we might get promoted at the back end of, I don't know, 20, 2030 or something. It happened, didn't it, um, with Colin Coldwood? It, we had that awful spell where we came down from when Colin Coldwood took us up in 2006, I think. Um, and then we stayed in League One and then came back down and then suffered for a good seven years before Wilder came in and rescued us. So it is literally like a cycle, isn't it? It is. It is. I, I put a post on Facebook after the game on Saturday. Did you? During, well done. Yes, yes, during my angry moment, saying <laughs> something on the lines of that the cobblers are so bad, I'm going to get close to divorcing them or something. Hmm. But um, <laughs> so, someone replied, it's someone I work with, and he's a Saints fan, actually. He likes sport and he's a nice guy and stuff. And he, he replied, actually, and it, he said, all the hard times will be worth it when you get promoted to Division One in a few years, only to get relegated the following season. And that says it all, doesn't it? That's what happens. You yeah. know, we'll... We'll go through seasons and seasons of rubbishness. We'll have one good season, get promoted. There's no progression. Back down we go. Yeah, that's it. Um, Steve Murphy. Yeah, Steve Murphy on Twitter says dozens of new signings, still the same lack of energy and ideas in the final third. No obvious playing style, frontline static. Oliver did well when he came on today, at least provided some movement. Marias was very vocal and showed some leadership, which is lacking. That's the first time that I've seen anybody say that. This season, leadership is lacking. I mean, when you consider how much Curl played, uh, you know, and put out there about how he's got leaders all over the pitch now, when we've got Charlie Good, Nicky Adams as just, you know, the two to sort of mention. You know, that, that's the first person that I've seen saying that we're lacking it. Do, do you think that that's true? No, I don't see the, the lack of leadership as an issue at the moment. I think Charlie Good seems quite vocal. Um as do a few of the others seem pretty vocal. I, I think the, the point that he made about lack of energy is is fair. We just look so lethargic and slow in in our play, and it, it, it that's that's the the noticeable difference when Marias came on. And obviously Marias is trying to prove a point, but he was tearing around everywhere, and he had a real sense of urgency about him. None of the other players have that. It, it was odd. It, it sort of just bumbles on, like the game just sort of bumbles on and until we go a goal down and then there's a little bit more urgency and stuff it's just like why aren't we going going straight out at teams to start with and, and there's that, that urgency from the first minute I just don't get it here's one I think you'll like Danny uh, this is James Sills Sillsy87 on Twitter Silsy. many of Silsy. the many of Silsy. these are players Casey has brought to the club to go on a journey as he has referred to before at the minute we are serving up a map with many holes in and not a sat nav in sight he mentions roles and responsibilities often, but I've yet to see what they are. Sounds like something maybe you Danny, might write. Um, maybe Danny didn't like it. <laughs> I'm just trying to take that all in. Something about a sat-nav. The, um, the journey, is, he's definitely taking him on a journey at the moment, isn't he? And that journey is a down. National mm. League, yeah. It's um, pointing towards um, Gloucester. Gloucester. <laughs> it's it's a that, nice place. Is that an on is that a non-league team? Sounds like it should be. <laughs> Yeovil. Um, I don't know. Yeovil, yeah, there's one. Um, yeah, he's right. That's all I can say about oh, that. Really. David backs <laughs> you up there, to be fair. He says it's only mid-August and already fearing a relegation battle. I mean, surely it's too early for that, isn't it? I don't think it is. It is. Oh, go on, Jesse. <laughs> I really don't think it is. I actually do think we have got a fundamental problem at this football club and I can't see, I think I mentioned this on Saturday as well, I cannot see how this club can sustain this constant mill 
of just about surviving and then having a bit of a mid-table finish. We can't do that every year. One of these days, we're going to get really badly caught out and then we're going to go down. It sounds ridiculous, but um, I think it is a little bit early to say, you know, we're in a relegation battle. It's only three games in. I think you've got to give it 10 games, haven't you? But I think all all the signs at the moment are pointing to it not being a successful season and it being a season of struggle. Um, On the point of getting relegated and stuff, would that be such a bad thing? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You won't come back. You won't come back. Is is that a bad thing? We get our Saturdays back. (laughs) It'd be more enjoyable. You look at teams like Torquay. You look at teams like Leighton Orient. I know they're back now, but they did struggle at first. Like, it is such a difficult league to get out of. Yeovil have just gone. There's no way they'll come back up. It is a horrible league to get back out of. It really, really is. And the thing that I'll add to that is is we, I think, as, as... Cobblers fans have been drip-fed this lie to each other, from each other, that we are a big club. I, I don't actually buy into that anymore. I think that we are a, an average-sized League 2 team um, that when we get up into League 1, then start punching well above our weight. Um, we get found out. Yeah, we? and we get found out and we get relegated within a couple of years. Um, if we go down to the National League, the conference, whatever you want to call it, um, will be the same as Stockport. Stockport, a team who I would say are a similar size, you know, got a similar sized ground to us, um, probably a bit bigger than us in fairness, Edgley Park. But I mean, it's, you know, where are they? They, they were in the Conference North last year. That That is what will happen to us if we go down. We cannot afford as a football club to lose our football league status. If we, if we do then I think that will actually genuinely be the end of a professional team in Northampton. Also, also, can any of you three tell me, if you were a footballer and you were playing National League level, you tell me whether you would turn up at a football club that have consistently sacked managers for the last four years because they cannot keep hold of a manager and they've got three sides to a stadium. Are you going to come to that club? I sure as hell aren't. And the thing, the thing nowadays as well is that national league teams are pretty decent as well. Exactly, aren't they? so they've they've got professionally run. They've got four sides to the ground. They've got managers who are up and coming. And and like you said, Chelsea, that is such a difficult league to get out of. It's pretty much pretty close to um to league two standard, I think, for the for the most part. Um, so yeah, no, not for me, not for me, Clive. I'm up for I'm up for national league. By the way, why? Neil's well, on the I'm National League bored. trainers. Yeah, I'm on that National League train. I don't know. I'll Neil, tell you what, Neil's I think... on his is on his replacement bus service to the National League. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm at the point where I think I'm, I'm getting to the point where I've had enough of it all, and it, it's dragged on for so long. This this just this nonsense about the East Stand, and I know that's that's something that gets brought up when we're struggling. It's actually, it's been brought up quite a lot recently. So it's not just when we're struggling. <laughs> We've been struggling for about a... four years now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, good point. But that's the other point, right? We've been struggling for many years now. We've we've got three stands. It's, there's, there's nothing particularly endearing to love about the team at the moment and stuff. We should get into that point, isn't it? Where it's, just, oh, who cares anymore? Look, if we go down, we go down. If we go bust, we go bust. We'll come back at some point. Let's have a bit of fun with it. I wouldn't class that as fun, really. It's a dangerous Neil. game to play, isn't it? It is. 
Oh, I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's maybe I need a win. We need a win to get me back on board. But I, I just, I, I think I don't <laughs> know. Like, I, I'm just, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit like it's, it, it is football, right? And go into the national league will still be a club probably. Maybe we'll get a different owner. I, I'm sure the the club itself would struggle for a bit and that. But is there? Have we got enough of a basic fan base to ensure that? You know, we'd still get probably 3,000 in the National League. I reckon you're not going to suddenly lose 2,000 or anything like that. You'd still get a core support. I, I don't know. I just think, oh, I sh- look, if we can't have fun by going up, let's have some fun and go down. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been a bit over dramatic three games into the season. But, <laughs> you think um, we, might be, we might be overanalyzing it a bit. <laughs> wait until, um, wait until uh, April, May when we've won the league. Yeah, wait until we lift that EFL trophy now. <laughs> <laughs> dancing on Wembley Way <laughs> after beating Leicester under 26. Let, let's just put it all into perspective for one moment because I, I on my personal Twitter, um, did let rip a little bit over the weekend and I wasn't even at the game. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm just going to find the, the, the tweet and then the response that I got um, to share with you guys here. So so my my little mini rant just simply said, I'd be happy to give up football if I hadn't just started this podcast about it last year. And the the first response that I get back was from Peter Taylor, who is a Berry fan, who simply wrote, I'll swap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. So there's your context. Is that the, uh... <laughs> I thought you meant the ex-England, the ex-England <laughs> yes, manager. He had one game as well, didn't he, as England Oh, manager, he did, didn't he, yeah. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. So our next game is away at one of the early pace setters in League Two, Swindon Town. Having already beaten Scunthorpe and Carlisle in the league, the Robins lost 3-0 away at Colchester in the League Cup last Tuesday before getting a one draw away at Exeter on Saturday afternoon. Last season, both games against Swindon resulted in one-all draws, the last game happening on Boxing Day, which I was at, but I couldn't remember anything about until I started looking it up on the old internet. Uh, Andy Williams got an early goal, but it was cancelled out by former Cobblers loanee Keshi Anderson late in the second half. Uh, I'm guessing Swindon are another club that you don't like, Neil, so we'll go to Chessie. Any thoughts on Swindon Town, mate? Um, Well... As if I wasn't scared enough about going to Swindon on account of the fact that we are quite shocking. <clears throat> I was looking at Swindon's stats before we started recording and they've had 19 corners in the last two games, which is a real worry because we're still stuck on this zonal marking and I do think we are going to get absolutely destroyed. Um, and they do seem to be scoring goals. So <clears throat> they've they've lost a couple they've lost the League Cup game, haven't they? but they've drawn and won and they're scoring a lot of goals. So they've scored three goals in one of their games and we can't defend at the moment to save our lives. So I do think we are going to have a really tricky night and the stats that I've looked at don't look pretty for us at all, really. I think we're going to be in How many uh, goals do you think we'll concede from corners if they're going to have 19 of them? 409. (laughs) From 19 corners? That's pretty good. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um... If they're going to have 19 corners in one match, which is probably possible because they're playing us, um, 18. Oh, that's not good, is it? It's uh, it's just it's going to be really bad, isn't it? it? It's going to be one of those games, again, like we say all the time, where we just can't get a hold of it. And they, I think they're going to run riot. 
their confidence is is sky high. They're top of the league. Um, they're playing well. Mm. Um, it it's just going to be a nightmare. Any uh, any memories of Swindon Town, Danny? All I seem to remember about going to watch them play or watch us play them at the county ground is Sam Parkin bagging several goals that that he shouldn't have done, or that he, at least he couldn't do when he was wearing a cobbler shirt. Yeah, I prefer to remember them as Jan Agafiotoft and Fraser Digby in that era. Um, but no, we, we don't. Fraser Digby? <laughs> what a player. Brilliant. Glenn Hoddle. Hmm. <laughs> um, oh, no, I'm not looking forward to this one at all. I, rem- I remember going to Swindon and Paolo Di Canio praying on the side of the pitch when Swindon were 1-0 up because they were doing so badly. I can remember him at Sixfields running down the touchline. We don't like Swindon, do we? Let's be honest. What's to like about Swindon? Uh, many roundabouts. The great, great fish and chip shop on the side of the uh, the road into the ground. Mm, Absolutely epic. Won't be as good as the, the fish and um, chip shop outside the Rochdale away end. That's true. That is true. Fair point. That is a good Fair chippy. That is the, incredible, um, that chip shop. Sometimes I just go up to Rochdale just for that. Don't even go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the office merger. They came from Swindon, didn't they? Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, they did. Yeah, uh, nationwide headquarters are there, aren't they? I believe. Yeah, well. so all very boring, dull stuff. <laughs> well, you could say the same about Northampton, I guess, couldn't you? Yeah, but we've got a lift tower. We have. and we've got character. We have, yes. That's like what you say about a car that's got breaking down slowly. It's a bit old. Right? It's got character though. <laughs> I used to drive a day in Matiz and it was bright orange and that had character. <laughs> Did it have EBS mobile phones on it? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the Vauxhall, a Vauxhall Nova I once had when I was driving to rugby. Did it have character, Neil? <laughs> it had a lot of character. This Vauxhall Nova had a lot of character. I was driving to rugby to meet these girls with my friend. Oh, yeah. And um, we, were, we were near Long Buckby on a, on a country lane and the, and the wheel fell off. We were just driving along and the wheel just fell off into the ditch. <laughs> uh, so that's that pretty much how I think you're right, Danny. I, I, that's how I feel. If that's not a metaphor for the East Stand and Northampton Town Football Club, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Swindon. Oh, Our, um... while, we're on that, while we're on the East Stand quickly, oh, really? I want to tell you about a dream I had the other day. I had a dream. Oh, hang on a minute. Danny's dream. Name <laughs> <In> that dream. <laughs> I had a dream that I was going. I was on a tour around the um, Etihad Stadium, the Man City Stadium, and they had a water park on next to one of their stands. Amazing, <laughs> amazing! <laughs> yeah, Swindon. Oh, I, 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 that needs to go in as breaking news. That does news. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just on, Nicholas just on. Mendy riding around on his, his speedos. Oh, Kyle Walker chasing the ladies <laughs> <laughs> on the East End. Um, <laughs> I sat in the East End on Saturday uh, with my lads. You did. We had a nice wave across the pitch. That was probably the best moment of the game, to be honest, Daddy. Um, But I was with my two lads and we sat in in the East End on the back row and they asked me about the East End and they said, the specific question was, Dad, are they making this stand bigger? What are they doing? It's been like this for ages. Uh, How do you answer them? How old are they? Uh, Nine and eight. Oh, feed them lies. Feed them lies, what like like the club do. 
dodgy. Allegedly. Allegedly. Tell them that they've just, um, I don't know. Um, I, I think I said to them, I said, it's been going on quite a long time, boys. You won't, you won't appreciate the boringness of the story. You probably won't be alive when it's completed. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you're going to kill them, Neil. What's in the cobbler's will to be done? They're be popping up cars bar, aren't they? In about sixty years' time, oh, I remember those days. My old man used to say, to "He me, was right." I don't know why they're from Somerset. <laughs> I am. I, I'm from Somerset. Nothing wrong with someone from Somerset. I tell you. I was born in Bath, Danny. So that's down that way, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I was born in a Bath. I'm Chris I'm Wilder, it. and it's all cobblers to me. Our all-time record against Swindon. <laughs> we've played each other 103 times. Uh, we've won 34 games, lost 47, and drawn 22. Um, They've made a few summer, summer signings. They've made quite a few, actually. Most of them on loan. But their most notable, I think, signings uh, so far have been um, Matthew or Matteo Bordry, who is a centre-back from MK Doms. Um, Zeki Friars, who is a left-back from Barnsley. Um, I think Zeki Friars was in Tottenham's youth team. Am I right? I, I He's a good player, isn't he? He's care. a very good player. He's in League Two. He can't be that good. Yeah, yeah and then well, he's better than our squad. What all he, of them? To be honest, combined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the worst thing is the worst thing. I'm going back to the Macclesfield game quickly because I forgot. Oh, go something. on. You know the worst thing about that game against Macclesfield is Jack McCourt was controlling the midfield. Ooh. Yeah, that's a real worry, isn't it? That's a real worry. It, and it, and I, oh, yeah, sorry, I, it's just that's just flashed into my. I remember him spraying balls around on Saturday. I was like, it's Jack McCourt. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, yeah. Who else? There, uh, well, the, the most notable, I think, of transfers that they've made, um, only because we were linked to him at one point or another, although very, very tenuously, I think, in the end. Uh, Lloyd Isgrove, uh, a winger from Barnsley, a left winger as well. I think he had a lucky escape if he managed to escape from coming to us then. So do I, to be honest. I mean, you look at it. I mean, to be fair, we needed a left winger. I think the only reason that he ended up being linked with us is all the fans went, Googled, Left wingers, League Two, saw Lloyd Isgrove was available and just went, yeah. we should have him. And that's how the rumour probably started. According to the people that I've spoken to, um, there was never any, you know, even looking at him, let alone trying to sign him. Well, it wouldn't make sense. So who did we uh, sign instead then? Who did we sign instead, I wonder? Um, don't know. Did we sign anyone? It's literally... It's like a lead balloon, isn't it? No one. Uh, really? No one that can fill that, that space properly? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, the one the, the one going out the other way from Swindon, if we'll just take them take you back to then, uh, they did have a few players leave. Obviously, Matty Taylor retired uh, at the end of the season. And Mark Richards left and uh, went to Cambridge. Uh, apparently not good enough for us, but banging them in for the use. Two goals already in two games. Well done, Rico. Glad you're, you know, not with us anymore. Mm. Anyway, let's... it's like Be- it's like Bayo all over again, isn't it? Just right. Let's get some predictions then. Um, Danny, you're up first because you're back. Welcome back. Give us a prediction for this game, Swindon Town against the Cobblers on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to lose, and we're going to lose pretty badly. I think it's going to be at least four nil. That's not what you've written down here. I've got nineteen. Yeah, I've got nineteen, <laughs> but thought it might be a little bit outrageous 
Uh, <laughs> well, might not be. Apparently, they, they got 19 know. corners the other day. So who knows? If Could have 19 corners, then, <laughs> then I'm in business. But <laughs> I'll, I'll go for 4 0 because they'll score four in the first half and then just play it around. Okay. Chessie? And we'll all be trying to claim back our I follow money. Hmm. Jesse, you're actually going. Um, I, yeah, I think we're going to lose five nil. Really? Um, yeah, no, and I, I, that's honestly not an over exaggeration. I genuinely do believe we are going to get absolutely slaughtered because they're cruising and we're not. Mm. We couldn't be more opposite in terms of consistency, in terms of ability, in terms of confidence than those two teams. If they're cruising, we've got a little rubber dinghy. <laughs> Isn't this a bit like last season, though? I mean, we've got Colchester coming up on Saturday, and of course, last year it was Colchester where we got our first win of the season after we we didn't do much for the first three games, did we? And then went to Colchester and won. Could could this game on Tuesday night be this year's version of Colchester away? No. Okay. Good. (laughs) Right. Well, uh, I'm going for a two-nil defeat. Um, this is cheery, isn't it? <laughs> Neil, come on, Neil. Give us a give us a something to hope and hold on to. Three two cobblers. <laughs> Three two. The fact that he's the fact that he's getting laughed at for saying it as well is, is even more funny. It's Three that, two. Three two cobblers, seventeen to Swindon. <laughs> Three two cobblers. I'm, this is the turning point. Really? This is the turning I, point. I can sense I like it. The, it. We're all doom and gloom. We're all miserable and down. And then it, something's going to happen Tuesday night, 3-2. Mm, okay. And goal scorers? Goal scorers, uh, Andy Williams with two. And Charlie Goode with one. Mm, okay. Quite sensible, really, thinking about it. I mean, who do you think... I mean, if you were Keith Curl, this is the question that I want to really ask you guys, is that going by what we've all seen to start off with in the first three games, four games if you include the game against Swansea as well last week um, in the League Cup, who would you be starting in this team? None of them. We can't say none of them, Jesse. Otherwise, we're, we're just defaulting and losing 3-0 regardless. <laughs> it might be safest. <laughs> or like Neil said the other day, just sit on the pitch. <laughs> sit on the pitch. <laughs> But seriously, come on, come on. We need to. We need, I want. I want to actually find out what we think about the team that we've actually signed. Would you change? What changes would you make for tomorrow night's trip, based on what you've seen in the last four games? I would definitely definitely start Marias and Williams together up front. Yeah, is that is that a consensus across the board? Uh, I'm not sure I'd start Marias. Me too. Um, I'm, I'm the same with you there, Neil. If I'm honest, I'd definitely start Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd play four at the back. Um, and I'd, I'd play four in the middle and two up front. So I'd play four, four, two. Um, well, funny how that I'd, works, I'd, isn't it? <laughs> but I'd, what I'd probably do is I probably wouldn't play a right winger and a left winger because we don't really have a proper winger apart from Nicky Adams. So I'd, I'd perhaps play sort of three in the middle, maybe, I don't know, Lyons, Watson, McCormack if he's available, but I doubt he will be. So probably McWilliams maybe. Mm. Nicky Adams maybe just in front of them, sort of a bit of a free roll. Um, and then Williams and probably Verdane Oliver up front. Well, do you know, it's interesting, because I remember, I think it was against 
uh, I think it was after the Walsall game, I was listening to Radio Northampton and Ian Sampson was the an- analyst or co-commentator, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I think he so he was talking about Nicky Adams and where his best position was. And he felt that Nicky Adams should have been being playing behind the strikers as opposed to being on the right wing. Now, in fairness, Tim Oglethorpe did then turn around and sort of say to him, well, he played on the wing all the way through Wilder's season with him. Um, and therefore, they, you know, he did quite well. He got a lot of assists that year, of course. So he should maybe be on the wing rather than behind the strikers. But considering we don't have a winger to back him up on the other side of the pitch, it might be time to actually, you know, let let Matty Bagel have a bit of a rest and then put Nicky Adams in just behind the front two. He's, he's the only he's the only creative spark we've got. So and you've got to utilise yeah. that. Sticking him out on the wing, yes, he can put a good cross in and, and create chances from there, but he's the only person with a little bit of nous about him and, and the ability to, you know, to jink round the player and, and maybe slide a through ball through or something like that. Um, we don't really have anyone else like that. Matty Warburton, maybe, but he's still learning in this league and it, it's still early days for him. And he probably could do with a bit of a drop to the bench and then come back up and stuff. I, don't, I mean, it's all irrelevant, isn't it? Because he's going to play Sam Hoskins somewhere. Hmm. That is the worry. I think, I think, <clears throat> I think Neil's right. I think what we need to do is, is to get ahead um, I think I said this last week as well, get ahead and then get Matty Warburton on afterwards. Because I think for him, like Neil said, he's learning. He, he's not sure how this league works at the moment. We need to be cruising two or three nil before he comes on. And then we're ahead of ourselves. And then his confidence is boosted because he's in a winning team. But I don't think it's going to happen. Would you change Danny anything in the back? Four or three or however you want to look at it. Five, three, whatever. Um, it's not much you can change, is there really? Apart from change it to a four, I think I'll change it, change it to about four, but that's about it, really. But um, per- personnel wise, I mean, you know, personnel wise, on the first game of the season against Walsall, you like he lined up with Martin left back, um, Good and Wharton as the centre backs, and then Reese Jump. Reese Hall Johnson as right back. I mean, Reese Hall Johnson's probably still going to be out injured anyway for this game. So the only the only question really is who are you going to play at right back? Uh, Williams possibly. The other McWilliams. Cameron McWilliams. Cameron He's not Williams. had a look in though. Possibly. Well, give him one then. I'd probably put Good there, maybe, and and mm. Wharton and Turnbull at centre back. But I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? I thought this on on Saturday. Um, there was all this chat about the youngsters and these these young lads that have been given contracts and, and you know, they're in the squad, etc. I mean, sat in the East End next to me was Jay Williams, Scott Pollock and Morgan Roberts. So they're not getting a look in, are they? No, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, where I wonder whether part of it is simply down to this whole youth quota, this, this, this thing that you have to have a, a player that you've brought through and trained at your club from a young age involved in your match day squad. I mean, essentially what they're turning around and saying, this is the league I mean, is saying that, well, you must have, you know, six people on your bench uh, or, you know, you must have, you know, within your squad, you must have a youngster or or a player that came through your youth academy must be on your bench. And therefore, you're, you're, pl- you're basically playing a game with, with only six six subs. I think it's going to be a really difficult um, game to judge because I think if he was to throw a load of kids in on Tuesday, it's either going to go one way or the other. They're either going to all have brilliant games and we're going to get a result, which I don't think is going to happen, 
or their confidence is just going to get absolutely shattered because they're going to get thrashed. And it's a really difficult position for Curl to be in because if he doesn't believe that the players he signed are performing, then he does need to drop them. But equally, do you drop them for a load of youngsters with the potential of destroying the confidence that they've got? Mm. We saw it with Ryan Hughes last year, didn't we? Or last yeah. season, sorry. Um, at Cheltenham, we just threw him in completely randomly. Um and there was was it the game at Cambridge as well where he, where he yeah yeah the and um, it just didn't work so he he does seem to throw them in but at completely the wrong time so that's that's it I think I think that's the problem isn't it like they should be involved absolutely but I think you're right Chessie they shouldn't just be thrown in on Tuesday because it will be like lambs to the slaughter but they, they you know they should have been in the squad on on Saturday and you can't tell me that Scott Pollock would have done a worse job than say Matty Warburton on Saturday he, he would... for me I, I'd probably be. I am more surprised that that it hasn't been the other way around with those two. They both play in the same position behind that that number ten role behind the striker, attacking midfield, whatever you want to call it. I would have thought, especially after the performances that Scott Pollock put in at the back end of last season, he'd have actually have been first choice in that position. You know, if if Keith Kerr was going to come in and go right, do you know what this season we're going to play and we're going to have you know a, you know a, an attacking midfielder playing off a tall striker, then. I'd, I'd have been putting Scott Pollock in there uh, over Matty Warburton, considering Matt Warburton has basically come in from the Conference North, where, okay, he's scored a load of goals. But, you know, this is League Two. This is the Football League. Professional football is a lot is a lot different to semi-pro. Mm. And from spending the day teaching a bunch of kids in, in the day to then going and playing a game of football in the evening, Scott Pollock is a, is a professional footballer. He's already... He's growing up through that system and therefore... I would have thought and I would have expected him to have actually been the starting place against Walsall on the pitch and then then it'd be down to Matt Warburton to try and actually fight his way past him. Just doesn't seem to have gone that way, which which makes everything that has been said in the past, you know, six months about these youngsters, to me, it kind of feels like it was all just there to appease us rather than we're actually going to use these kids and they're actually good enough. Thing is with that as well, the the those last six months, it's been fairly comfortable, hasn't it? It's been like we knew we knew we were mid table, we're probably not going up to the playoffs. Um, whereas now we're at the start of the new season, everything changes again, and everything sort of starts from from, from afresh. And where he's got his dilemma now is he probably knows in the back of his head that his time is not running out, but it's <clears throat> it's ticking down a little bit, and so it's running out. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of knows in the back of his head, doesn't he, that is that it's running out a little bit. So he may start to panic and not really put his trust in these youngsters anymore. I think that's exactly it. I think he's already at that stage and he knows now um, it's his team. It's on him now. There's no hiding from it. And and that came across, I think, a little bit in his interview on BBC Northampton after the, the Macclesfield game on Saturday. He sounded more stressed and more emotional than usual um which is he's under pressure right he's 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 probably the most pressure he's going to have been under since he's been our manager and he's going to live and die by his decisions he makes and at the moment he's making the wrong decisions um and, and there's that risk isn't there that when you when you are under pressure and you are emotional about things and stuff, you continue to make the wrong decisions. And I said this to someone on Saturday after the game. I said, fans aren't stupid. Fans know 
I mean, we don't see what goes on in training and stuff, but we see what goes on on the pitch, and and we we see how players perform and stuff. It's it's like when you sign someone from another club, invariably, not not one hundred percent of the time, but probably ninety percent of the time fans of that club that you've signed him from generally give a fair evaluation and it's pretty it's pretty trustworthy of what the player is going to be like and it's not always right i mean look at ricky holmes when we signed him portsmouth said he was rubbish but actually he was brilliant but that's more of a case that wasn't right whereas usually you can trust what other fans are saying about players and stuff and macclesfield said it about harry smith like they couldn't believe that we paid money for him kind of coming true isn't it and I don't know. He's just—he's got to start making some right decisions, and he's got to start. And that's how I—I've gone on a bit of a weird rant here. Hmm. Sorry, but that's how I see when, when I am evaluating a cobbler's manager. Are they doing things that I would do or that make sense and stuff? Chris Wilder was was great at it. You know, you could see what he was doing. He was great at the side of things. Do you remember Mansfield away when we were two 0 down and at half time he completely changed it? And he said in his interview afterwards, he said, "I got it wrong." I, I, like how refreshing is that sort of thing when he did that rather than Keith Curl on Saturday saying, well, you know, the players are not doing what they should be doing and not, not doing the right things and stuff. That may be the case, but you've also got to take some responsibility. You're the one that's sending them out there. You're the one that's sending them out with their game plan and stuff. And whoever it was, I think it was Chessie that said earlier, they don't look like they know what they're doing. And that's on him. He needs to start making some right decisions and he needs to start making some decisions that make sense. He's got an ego, hasn't he? I mean, when we've met him, Neil, he's, you know, he's used words or said things to us that, you know, definitely come across as being egotistical. The fact that, you know, against Sheffield United in pre-season, he had to be the last person to leave the pitch at the end of the game. He was not going to let Chris Wilder be the last person off the pitch and get, get applauded. Now, in fairness... I probably wouldn't do that either and we shouldn't be turning around and saying, you know, Chris Wilder living in the past here and, you know, we should be doing any of that. We shouldn't. We've got a manager of our own now that isn't him and carry on. But it's the way that, you know, Curl is very much kind of, it's all about me. That's how it comes across. There is an arrogance towards him. You know, things where he says, you know, the things that he says, like I need to have a promotion on my CV. Saying that, makes me go, it's all about him. It's not about the club, it's about him. And he needs to get a promotion. Yes, he's here and therefore he'll be trying to get that promotion with us. But it it almost feels like he's putting himself first before the club. You know, that's just my take on it. Um, But that kind of worries me. Whereas with Sir Chris, he was... He was definitely a, a club man, wasn't he? I mean, look at the way he is now with Sheffield United. I know that's the team he supported as a boy, but he was exactly the same with us, a club that he had no affinity towards whatsoever, apart from the fact that we, we paid his wages. I think as well with with Keith uh, with Chris Wilder is that he had such an effect on the squad and the team, the staff, everybody, and that reflected on the fans. And with Chris Wilder... We were so endeared to the way he was at our football club that you could be he could be forgiven if things didn't go quite right. Because one, he would always say, actually, that was me, I got that wrong. And two, you knew wh- what they were trying to do. You knew where they were trying to go with the mistakes they were making. I remember when we were sat, um, we played Leighton Orient and we were third and they were first, I think. This was in the February. And it was nil-nil at half time and neither team had played well. And suddenly, in the second half, we come out all guns blazing and win 4-0. And that was because he was prepared to take risks. And he was prepared 
to put himself out there and say, do you know what, I'm going to change this completely because I know I can get the best out of these these players and that's what he'd do. And the difference between that and Keith Curl is that Keith Curl, we can't really see what he's trying to do. He keeps saying, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to build a journey, I'm trying to get these players to buy into what I'm doing, but we can't see it. And because we can't see it and because then he's not saying when things go wrong, do you know what, that's on me, we've not got the patience and therefore he hasn't got the time. If Chris Wilder was in charge of this football club now and we'd lost these games now, one, I don't think we'd have lost them in the manner we have and two, I don't think anybody would be calling for his head because you would be able to see what he was trying to do and why the players were going wrong because there was a there was a you know there was a reason for them to form like they were performing and it just doesn't come off don't forget though that at the start of Chris Wilder's tenure he did go through exactly the same kind of you know patchiness of form and, and you know he had his detractors at the beginning of his tenure with with us but it was so, I mean, it wasn't hopeless though was it you know it, we weren't performing like this we really weren't were we I'll be I'll be honest and say I can't remember because of the fact that everything that happened to at the end of Chris Wilder's tenure has you know just just wiped my memory of everything bad that ever happened with him in charge of the club. I can't remember even losing a game under him, and yet I know I guarantee I will have gone to a game that we lost. It's the one that when caught, he was manager, the one that caught fire. You remember against Portsmouth when? It, no, I don't remember when the pub caught don't fire. Don't remember it. It's gone. <laughs> You, you you talk to me about 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 a game against Portsmouth in that year. All I think of is inflating yeah. us on the south coast <laughs> and James Collins <laughs> winning the league again for us. You know because that's what it felt. Like. We've already won the league once. Now we were at home <laughs> taking the piss. That's what the I. The biggest remember. the biggest problem with Keith Curl is he's not doing he's not doing his job correctly at the moment, and he needs to start doing it correctly. Otherwise, there'll need to be a change 10, 10 games down the line, and we'll be back in the same situation we've been in forever. It seems like and. Uh, Chessie's right. I don't know what the plan is. It, it looks to me, it, I, I think Keith Curl is confused as to what decade he's managing in. Um, I, I think he, he feels like he's managing back in the nineteen nineties um, or, or even the eighties. You know, oh, I need a big lump up front, get it wide, get crosses in. That's our tactic. That's what we'll do. Football's evolved a little bit since then. You know, there's other ways to create chances. Like, look at the Macclesfield goal on Saturday. It was, it, I mean, it, they had so much space, it was ridiculous, but it was a good pass that split the defence. How many of those passes? Is this the, is this the first the one? first one, mean, sorry, yeah, yeah the, first, the first goal. Yeah. How many of those passes have we made this season where we've <laughs> split the defence or whatever? We don't, we're too busy trying to get it out to Nicky Adams on the wing and for him to cross it into one person in the box and then wonder why we're not scoring. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine to have that plan and to have that, that outlook on the game, but then... What happens if it doesn't exactly. work or when people find you out? And that's that's what that's missing to me. It's it's all. It's all and don't just have that plan either. Have what, what numerous plans that. for the game. Yeah. Exactly. Like mix it up during the game. Yeah, exactly. It's been a happy podcast, hasn't it? Yeah. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. Should, should we should we stop? Should we stop yeah. here? We've got another one to do this week. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. really really before, bad. No, it's not because we're going to win. Before we stop, you, before we stop, do you want me? Do you want me to? <laughs> tell you what I think is going to happen over the next couple of weeks oh, well yes if, if we've got a very own Mystic Meg it seems go on Chessie Mystic right, Meg so, so do you remember when just <laughs> Mystic Chessie <laughs> do, 
<laughs> do you remember when um, Justin Edinburgh got sacked after the Borough yes, game? Yes, I do. Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, bless him. Um, so that was the 31st of August, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That, oh, that right. We're, play, we're playing. Yeah. And I'll never forget someone in the West End turned around and said, Justin Edinburgh, go back to Tony and Guy. And honestly, it just summed up the whole day. It was just awful that day. Just absolutely awful. But um, he got sacked after that. And um, I think after the Plymouth game, which is exactly the same day, if we haven't improved, he'll go. And then we've got all that transfer window left. <laughs> yeah. Make- yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's that run of fixtures, isn't it? You, you look at it and you think Swindon away, Colchester away, Plymouth at home, even Bradford away after that, isn't it? And you're like, where where, where is coming from? <laughs> where is he going to be around? I do think it's going to fall apart on that day at Plymouth because Plymouth are going to be really difficult to beat. Mm-hmm. Well, on that cheery prediction, uh, I think we better wrap up. Wrap up. <laughs> we have we have got another podcast to do this week. We're going to do another one straight after the Swindon game, which we're all going to watch during the Swindon game. Are we going to do it during should, the Swindon? We should game? get on during. Oh. The, oh, Chessie can't. She's at. Oh. She's at the game. Oh, God. I will. I will. I will take my laptop and sit there and just absolutely be like, you, <laughs> I, I will be like, you are awful. I can tell them that because I'm sat here watching the game. Uh, well, we'll be recording another another episode on uh, after the, the Swindon game, during the Swindon game. Whenever we decide to do it, we will do it. So we'll be back for another podcast later on this week where we will be looking back at the Swindon game and looking ahead to the Colchester United game at the weekend on Saturday. Um, That's it for now, though. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us all your Cobblers-related thoughts to us on Twitter, Facebook and email. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you very much for joining me, guys. It's been another fantastic pod. Bye, Ash. Bye, Ash. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dawn. Keith out. Playoffs. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.